overcome mild depression on your own. Derek's story. So recently a woman asked me if she can overcome depression on her own. He said, I know that severe depression needs treatment, but can you get better on your own if you're having mild depression? If you would like to find the answers, you're in the right place. Our guest, Derek Dipker, will be sharing his story of overcoming mild depression on his own. You will learn the strategies that helped him overcome depression and becoming an award-winning motivational author, speaker, and coach. What enabled him may help you too overcome depression and live your best life. I will also share my insight on how to decide if you should try to get over depression on your own or seek help. So stay tuned. So thank you, friends, for joining us today. I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guest, Derek Tipker. Derek is my book publishing coach, and he has helped me make my first book, Stress to Joy, a best-selling book. And he's also helping me with my second book. So thank you, Derek. Derek provides practical strategies for mind, body, and business success. He is an NLP, that is Neuro Linguistic Programming, trainer and coach, a contributor to success.com, and an award-winning motivational author. How many books have gone bestseller for you, Derek? Uh, six. Six. He's the, yeah. he's the author of six bestseller books. And his books are, are for those who are fascinated by peak performance, psychological tricks, and unconventional thinking or success. And if this is the first time you guys are joining us, my name is Dr. Rosina, and I have been helping people with stress, anxiety, and depression for the last 20 years as a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry, a best-selling author, and a transformative speaker. I started this program, Happy and Healthy Mind, with Dr. Rosina, because I believe that a lot of suffering can be prevented with simple mind training. Over here, we share tips for your mental fitness so that you don't have to suffer unnecessarily. And these interviews are broadcasted every Saturday at 11 o'clock Pacific time. And if you would like to get text for reminders for future programs so you could ask the questions during the live session, you can text the word JOYFUL to number 38470, and we'd be happy to send you reminders and resource links. We also put uh, resources in our Facebook group called Happy and Healthy Mind with Dr. Rosina, and you can join by clicking the link in the description. If you find any value in these programs, like, subscribe, and share so more people can be helped to live happier and healthier lives. So before we start, let me share this disclaimer that all this information shared here is for educational purposes only and should not be considered treatment. So please refer to your healthcare professional for specific advice. So today we are discussing ways to overcome mild depression on your own. So let's hear Derek's story of how he overcame mild depression on his, on his own and what helped him. So Derek, right now you are very successful and you appear to be in peace and happy. Tell us what kind of problems you faced when you felt depressed and how it affected your life. Yeah, this was going back. It was probably about, it was 2013 when I went through this phase. And at the time I actually had a a couple books that I had published and one of them had actually just became a bestseller. So I suddenly had, I went from, I was 
broke, sleeping on an air mattress every night, uh, trying to build this business. And I was actually pretty good during that phase. I think I had like this sense of purpose, like I got to get these books selling. And once I become an author, everything will be great. Or once I'm a successful entrepreneur. And it was actually after I had a breakthrough, I had my, my first best-selling book. I started making money. I was able to now pursue the things I wanted. And that's actually when I went into this downward spiral. And what happened was a few things, but I started to feel the sense of like, first of all, everything is going good in my life. Why do I not feel happy or fulfilled? And I had studied personal development at this point. So I knew I wasn't looking for material things, but I was like, it, it started to get this feeling like, well, it doesn't really matter that I have a book or it doesn't matter if I go out and give some talks. It doesn't really matter any of these things that I do. I, I had this feeling of everything is just kind of, hopeless. It's meaningless. If I die, my family will miss me, but I'm not going to make any difference in this world. And I felt replaceable and insignificant. And I, I later realized the importance of having the, the need for a sense of purpose. So when I was going through this, I just kept beating myself up and saying, nothing I do really matters. I'm not going to make a difference in this world. There's so much pain and suffering. I'm just one person. And it's just like these thoughts over and over and over. And then I every day it's kind of like what's even the point in getting out of bed what's the point in doing anything so fortunately i had some habits that kept me going like i was into fitness i kept working on my business so i just kind of kept things going but it was all just kind of like well for what 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 does this matter and i remember there'd be i remember one time just like lying on my floor and <laughs> in, in this place just like staring at the ceiling for like 20 30 minutes not wanting to move and feeling like I don't, I don't get what the point in any of this is. And the, the hard part was up to that point, I would normally set goals and it's like, okay, we'll set a goal and then work to achieve it. Whether that was writing a book or playing guitar, which is what I grew up doing and got my degree in. And it, what happened was it, it no longer became about the goal. Cause I go, there's no goal I could set that really is going to make a difference. Everything just was like, what does it matter? It doesn't matter my life doesn't matter. This thing doesn't matter that. And so that's what got me in this downward spiral. And I really beat myself up with this idea of like, I could see myself from the outside looking in like, well, if anyone were to know that I was upset, they would probably be like, what do you have to be upset about? Like you have it all. You have nothing to complain about. There are people who are starving. There are people out there who are really struggling. And here you are like a young guy. You're, you're now making my, oh, boo-hoo, poor Derek, right? Like they would probably, I just felt like people would, would laugh at it or, or they would never understand it. And then I would beat myself up over that. I'm like, yeah, but I, I, on the outside looking in, everything seems good. So why am I even upset about this? So it, it's like, then I felt bad for feeling bad and that made it even worse. So I'm like, I feel bad and I shouldn't feel bad, but I do. And now I feel bad that I'm feeling bad. And then it just, it's this vicious cycle. So the turning point for me was there is a few things, but I remember there was a woman who reached out to me for coaching mm. and I, it might've been about book stuff. Cause I was, you know, helping authors at this point. And I remember, you know, I had studied enough personal development, enough business, enough things about authorship that I go, okay, I can help her. If someone came to me for help, if they were upset or feeling hopeless or, or I could help them in an instant, I could help like reframe and work it through it. And then I'm like, 
but almost kind of starting to feel like a fraud. Like, well, if they knew that I'm like kind of depressed and going through this, like it, it didn't make sense to me that I could help other people and then not seem to be able to help myself. But then it, I, I got this recognition. All of a sudden I felt this feeling of hope. And what shifted was I go, wait a second. I love to help people. I feel good when I, I can coach someone. What if I'm going through all this, like this depression, this this feeling of not knowing what my purpose is, I just call it being stuck. What if I'm going through this, not because there was something wrong or because I'm not smart enough to figure this out or whatever. I go, what if I'm going through this so that I know what it's like to, to be in this situation and find a way out so I can share that with others? that gave me a sense of purpose. And it also had me stop judging the situation I was in. Because before I'm like, I'm stuck, but I shouldn't be stuck. I should have all the answers. I study, I read books. I should know this. Right? So now all of a sudden I go, well, wait a second. No, maybe it's perfect that I'm going through this. And then I'm feeling like, I don't know what my life purpose is. I don't know what I want to do. I feel depressed because how else could I help someone going through that unless I've had some experience of it myself? You so develop I, that empathy for people going through that phase. Exactly. Yeah. I go, this is training me to be empathetic to that. And so that was the reframe. One of the reframes where I go, this is no longer a bad thing. This is like me going through training to be able to help others going through this. So now all of a sudden I stop labeling it as a bad thing for being stuck and depressed. And I go, this is part of my journey. This is part of the learning experience. And it's then I also had the future purpose of, okay, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to pull myself through this somehow. I'm going to figure out a way to get through this. And then I'll be able to share that with other people to help them through it. And now all of a sudden it'll become part of my story. And the thing that helped me when I was in still, I was a, valet parker i'd moved out to los angeles trying to build my business before i had any major success as i was going through those struggles building my business i remember i just kept saying to myself this is part of my before and after story right this is the challenge that i went this the being broke to being successful i go it'll be the same thing when it comes to depression and this sense of purposelessness it'll i'm like this is just my before and after story i have to go through it to be able to come out the other side and be able to uh, talk to others. And once I had that, then I had hope and I, I won't say it instantly got better, but that was, now I had like this light at the end of the tunnel where I was no longer just feeling like, what does any of this matter? I saw the light and now I had a sense of direction to move towards. And then that helped me pull through it over the next few months. Wonderful. So finding that purpose took you from your before story to after story. So tell us this after story right now. Yeah. So after I started going through books, reading books, more personal development, and one of the shifts that happened for me was I go, well, maybe it's a good thing because if I think I have it all figured out, then I stop learning. But I go, one of the great things about being stuck is I, I, I noticed, okay, now I'm starting to read more books. I'm opening myself up to different practices, more meditation, more coaching for myself, all these practices. And I go, I started to look back and go, I'd gotten a little complacent in that and stagnant. And I go, the, the great thing about getting stuck is that I go, this compelled me to, to try new things and to seek out new practices and they go, okay, maybe I don't know what my life purpose is necessarily or what I want to do for the rest of my life, but I can experiment. I can have some fun. I can try some different things. 
And going through that, then once I started feeling better and better, I wrote a book, Why You're Stuck, which was essentially my journey through that and coming out the other side. And I would say I, I probably had a, some minor little dips back into it, but I think since about probably 2014, 2015, I've never really had anything like I had before where I now feel, especially the, the last few years, I, I feel a sense of purpose, peace, contentment. Obviously, I get days where I'm irritable or upset with stuff, but nothing like a sense of depression and purposelessness like I felt before. So the last few years of my life have been, I almost take it for granted now. It, looking back, I can't, it's hard to even remember what it was like to be that depressed. It's hard to even go back to that because it's just like, I have so much to live for. Now, I have so much of a sense of waking up, contributing to the world, coaching, doing talks like this, right? And so think about it. It's like the ability to do a talk like this, which gives me a sense of purpose and contribution to be able to, to share this with people, this, the ability to have this peace and fulfillment came because I had gone through all the depression and the challenges. So it's like I had to endure that to get to this point, which I do sometimes think about what the future holds. I'm like, I don't know. I'm sure there's probably some more trials coming up in my life. I mean, it's never going to be completely free of it. But the nice thing is I have the perspective now that when something comes up, if I remember to, I can remind myself, okay, I'm going through this so that I might be able to help others through this. Or there's some way I can make use of this. And what I can share that might be helpful for anyone is even if you don't believe that there's a reason for what you're going through, it's like, just pretend. What if there was? Like, I don't know. It's sort of like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I just tell myself there's a reason for this and I go, what can I make this reason be? What can I use what I'm going through for? then your brain will come up with an answer and will give you, it'll help turn the pain into something that has a purpose. That's wonderful. Yeah, so a lot of times just changing this mind perspective helps your brain function better. And so you brought multiple points in this story. Number one, when you are going through an episode of depression that doesn't necessarily have to have a stressor in your environment. So your depression came even when everything was going fine, right? Number two, you were having all these symptoms, what we call like mild depression, where your mood was down for no reason and you were not able to pull yourself out easily for days or weeks. You were losing interest in things and, you know, your functioning, your uh, sleep and appetite, other things were mildly affected, but not significant enough to stop you from functioning. So you were in that one high, fu highly functional depression where you are going through this. And a lot of people go through it and they don't usually identify that they are going through it. And so you identified and then you took steps to change your mindset. So mild depression can get better with mind training and wellness practices. So you identified that you were doing exercise and you were taking care of yourself. So that must have uplifted you. And then you worked on your mind shifting techniques and that probably helped you. So, so I just want to kind of clarify that depression happens on this continuum so sometimes it is mild depression, there is moderate depression, there is severe depression. And if somebody is going through the severe depression, they usually need professional help.
and moderate depression you can kind of do with the combination of uh, some professional help like psychotherapy and and self-work and then mild depression people can get better by working on these mind training and healthy practices so i call them healthy practices and happy practices and we i have another video that i made where people can differentiate where does just this stress reactivity and feeling sad and and where does actually a mild depression or moderate depression which we call clinical depression start and i'll put the link in the description for people to access that can you teach us some of those tools? I, I know you have been referring to many of those tools that helped you go from your before story to after story. Let's kind of go into a little specific for our audience so that they can kind of um, try to apply those tools in their life. If they're going through mild depression or even if they're not, to be prepared and continue to practice so they can prevent it from happening. Yeah. So I, when I was going through it, I wanted to figure out what got me into the stuck depressed state and then what got me out. And I, I boil it down to three key things. I call it three keys to freedom. And this is based off of other things that I've studied as well too. The first one is awareness. So in you were bringing this up, it's like to even notice this and acknowledge that this is a thing, right? Like this is, I am feeling sad or whatever the feeling is to even catch it and notice it. Cause I, I also noticed how much I wanted to just distract myself, like numb myself from the pain. Oh, uh, just surf Facebook. I'll uh, just, you know, watch movies and all that stuff's fine. Like it's, it's great, but it became like, I just need to constantly distract myself. And fortunately I, I was never like into drugs or anything like that, but I could totally see how that could have been a, like just a numbing, type of thing. Like it feels painful. I don't want to deal with that. So I would want to numb that out with distraction or something else. And what I found is the key is to just to have some awareness of what's going on and to have the awareness of your thoughts and of your feelings. So I'm grateful because I, I was able to kind of witness it and go, okay, this isn't normal for me. This is what I'm going through. I didn't see a way out necessarily, but I at least had a, awareness of that. And then the second key is appreciation. That was that turning point for me where instead of being like, this is so wrong and bad to be like, I can appreciate why I'm going through this and I can see a reason for it. I can see how this can benefit myself and other people down the road. So I stopped judging the situation and I look at appreciation, even like pain to you can appreciate pain. Like, I don't think anyone really likes pain, but like if I have my hand on a hot stove, I want to feel pain. So I take it off. Right. That's where I, I think about that awareness and appreciation connection. If I'm not aware, if I don't feel the pain, I'm not aware that I'm would be like burning my skin. So it's like, you're getting these signals from the emotions. So I go, okay, my emotions are telling me something and I want to be aware of them, not numb it out, actually listen to this and appreciate what I'm going through and why I'm I'm going through it. Even if the why is just a story that I make up that could be either disempowering or empowering, depending on what I want to tell myself. So that was the big turning point. And then the action is the third piece. So awareness, appreciation, action. These are the steps that you can take. So for me, one of the stuck points was like, well, I don't want to know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And part of the appreciation came in when I go, well, maybe that's okay. 
Like who knows where what the world's going to look like in five, 10 years. Like maybe there will be a job that doesn't even exist yet right now, but that I could be perfect for. I, I disconnected purpose from like a job and I said, it's okay to be in an exploration phase. It's okay to you know continue to write books and to speak and appreciate also that maybe this, this one thing that I do, like I'm one person, this is another shift for me. Like, what can I do? I'm just one person. Then I started to think, what can we do? Maybe I'll influence someone else and that'll influence someone else, right? Like, so what you do, Rosina, you could impact a person's life and then they go out and they impact their family and then their impact spreads. So you start to see this ripple effect. And I started to appreciate the impact that you can have as one person. Like so you impacted me and then I'm impacting other people. So everybody who's getting benefit from my work is also getting the benefit to you. Like, you know, your, your work is showing benefit in their life and making them happier and healthier. Exactly. Yeah. And once I got that piece and, and there was uh, multiple connections like this, right? So multiple starting to appreciate these things, be aware of the ripple effect, appreciate that. Yeah, you can make a difference. And then I go, then it's acting upon it. It's one thing to know it, but then acting and you mentioned exercise. So fortunately that was a habit that I had had already up to that point. So it was easier to keep it going. But then this could be like, I don't, let me go on a let me experiment with different things, right? So I don't have to have all the answers. Let me try talking about, maybe I'm getting a little burned out on fitness stuff. Let me talk about uh, about my journey with depression, right? That's what where I shifted from fitness to the personal development. Let me experiment with trying different activities. If someone's going, I don't know what, what I want to do with my life. It's like, they could go take an improv class. They could go take a cooking class. Now, maybe not in today's and in, in, exact world, but like, you know, they could, uh, yeah, a virtual, they yeah. could do a virtual <laughs> class, right? Like you can try some different things and be okay with not having the answer. And that's the, the other part of appreciation is going, appreciating the uncertainty, appreciating the, the discovery process. It's like, you don't necessarily want someone to tell you the ending of the movie to spoil it. You want to discover it. And so what if you approach life that way, where it's like, I don't have all the answers and that's maybe instead of that being the problem, that's what makes it fun where I get to experiment with that and, and see what unfolds. So that's, that's the three keys. Awareness means not just numbing things out, but actually letting yourself notice what's going on, your thoughts, your feelings, the appreciation of appreciating why you have the feelings that you have, the habits, and that there, it's trying to serve you in some way shape or form, then the action to once you see what you can do, go and make some sort of choice. And the action might be to take a break and not try to do something, but actually just take a nap. <laughs> Maybe that's the action. So it's not always a go, go, go action, but it's making a conscious choice about what you're going to do, either doing something differently or doing the same thing, but maybe with a different attitude around it, where now instead of just writing a book and going on, oh, just writing a book, now it's like, I am changing the world because I'll impact one reader who impacts their sphere of influence who impacts that. Now all the same behavior has so much more meaning and purpose embedded into it because of the shift in thinking. Mm -hmm. And all this, by the way, I saw a question come in. How long did it take? I mean, once I had that, that kind of key moment with that coaching client, I felt better that day in terms of actually pulling through it. It probably took a few months and then it was probably even a year or two to really through some ups and downs. It's hard to say. I mean, it's kind of like feeling better in an instant, but then also an ongoing process of 
it's like, I, I don't want to say like, it's, it's just a once and done thing, but I also don't want to say that it has to take a long time. Sometimes you really can like one shift in thinking is sometimes all it takes to feel like, Oh, I have hope now. And once I had that light at the end of the tunnel moment, even though there was the, the continuous ups and downs, it was never the same as it was before. Cause I always had something that I could move towards. Yeah. You kind of bringing so many important points and you're this, moment of change. I kind of experienced that. I've talked about it in my, many times. I'm not going to go in detail, but my shift after my car accident, when I had that epiphany, when I was banging the wall with my left hand and realized, oh, I have my left hand. You know, I had broken my right hand in the car accident. So just having that realization, oh, I have a left hand. What if I would have lost my left hand too? What if I would have lost my mind or my eyes or my life? I had a five-year-old kid at that time. What if something would have happened to him? So that change in my perception, my mindset that I call epiphany was this appreciation of what I have. And so I was just listening to somebody yesterday and you know, there's a lot of scientific data now about how being grateful can help you be happier. But like one thing that came out, like grateful people doesn't mean that they don't appreciate the problems that they have or they, they become blind to the problems they have. They just choose to focus on positive things in life. Now, if somebody is kind of looking out the window, one person can look at the sand and the mud and feel like there's so much dust on the floor. And the other person can look up and look at the stars. It's the same thing. They're not saying that there is no mud or there's no sky. It's just what you choose to focus on. So when you start appreciating, when you become grateful for all your experiences, all your emotions, all your opportunities, then you can shift this thinking from feeling down to feeling up, feeling hurtful to feeling helpful. And then this being helpful to others is one of the happy habits because nothing can give you as much joy as seeing the joy in other people's face. And so that's why I kind of I feel my job is such a big blessing because I get to see that smile on people's face and they start getting better. So thank you for sharing your story. And we are getting towards the end of time. We have so much to talk about. But yeah, you, you want to say I'll, something? I'll share one quick thing on that about appreciation is that you bring up a great point that for me, it was when I actually appreciated the the quote unquote negative emotions. That's what I needed the shift from. Cause before I was like, I need to be grateful. I just need to kind of only look at the bright side and uh, just be like, no, my life is okay. I should be happy that, that instead of going, you know what, I'm feeling sad and that's okay. Like I can be grateful that my, that I, I feel sad. And, and so I, the shift was like, I'm not okay. And that's okay versus I'm not okay and that's not okay. It's I'm not okay and that's okay. It's okay if I'm feeling sad. It's okay if I'm feeling angry. It's okay if I'm feeling confused. And it's it's this different level of gratitude where I can even be grateful for those emotions and go, uh, you mentioned empathy. You know, I'm feeling sad and I can be grateful that this will allow me to connect with other people who are going through that. Or maybe when I'm feeling better, but I see someone else who's feeling sad, I go, ah, I know what that feels like to have gone through that. And I can connect with them and appreciate that. So appreciation is like I say, again, with the, the hand on the stove, I can appreciate the pain. Doesn't mean I like it. Doesn't mean like, I'm glad I feel this, but I'm like, I'm glad my body sent me that signal to protect me. 
I'm glad my body has these emotions that are there to send me signals and to guide me and to, to support me. And when I had that deeper sense of gratitude for all the things that were showing up in life, that's what changed. That's wonderful. Yeah. So how can people reach you if they would like to read about your books or get in contact with you for um, help in their life? Yeah. So uh, my books are on Amazon. So I have a number of books on fitness, uh, personal development mindset. I said six, but I actually think it's seven best-selling books at this All point. Right. So. Congratulations. And yeah. And then I have a free book. Uh, so I want to gift everyone here my book, Why You're Stuck, which is the book I wrote that as I was, as I got through the the mild depression and talked about these principles, awareness, appreciation, action, it's all in there. So this will be a free download for your audience. And that is at excuseproof.com and it's free offer, excuseproof.com slash free offer is the way to get that. And we also have the system of sending people a reminder and, and on the, in our Facebook group, we are also going to share the link. So you can text us at 38470 word joyful, and we'll send you the link or join our Facebook group, happy and healthy mind with Dr. Rosina, and we'd be able to get the access to the book. So thank you for sharing that resource and uh, it's time for the special. And before I go into the special, Derek, do you have any last word for our audience? I would say whatever you're feeling is okay to feel. I want to emphasize that where I think what would I have needed to hear? Maybe a few different things, but I would say it's okay to, to be with whatever feelings that you have and that you can see that what if being stuck, what if being depressed isn't a problem, but it's actually there's a gift in there. There's an opportunity and there's some way that, again, as you mentioned, Rosina, to help others, if, if you can get from within yourself to thinking about how this can serve others in your future self, then you'll start to see where the opportunity lies in whatever you're going through. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. So let me, for the special today, let me be brief and just pose this question. If you are feeling depressed, should you still laugh? And so please go ahead and put your answers in the comment box. And even if you're listening to recording, try to share your thoughts, what you should do if you're feeling depressed, you know, laughing, spontaneous laughing is a sign of feeling happy. So you feel happy, you, you laugh. But what if you're feeling sad? Should you still laugh? And let me ask you, Derek, what would you answer to that question? Yeah, I would say it actually depends if, if you feel like if you feel like laughing, uh, I kind of sometimes I think about little kids who like they're upset and then something funny will happen. And like they're like trying to hold back in because they're like, I don't want you to know I'm ha I'm laughing because I want you to think I'm mad. So I kind of think of, of that where it's like trying to suppress the feeling versus allowing yourself to to just laugh and to uh, appreciate that. Yeah, you absolutely you can laugh and emotional states are meant to be moved through. So even the idea of like, even when I was feeling going through the phase of depression, it's not like I couldn't ever feel happy too. That's the natural thing to have an ebb and flow of emotion. So if the emotion comes up of laughter, great. And it's a, it's a great way to feel a release and to actually seek out the things that bring joy and laughter. That's a, it's a great, that's part of the action, right? So it's one thing 
to just maybe sit there and hope that you feel better. It's another thing to go, hey, I can I can go do something that makes me laugh. I can spend time with people who will put a smile on my face and and enjoy things like that. So you can seek that out. And I'll also say that if some if you don't really feel like laughing, I also would say you don't need to force it either and be like, oh, I should laugh. I need to force myself to laugh. I don't think that's necessarily appropriate either. So it's it's allowing yourself to feel whatever you're feeling again. And then also realizing that you have a lot of control over the, the things that you choose to do. And you can choose your emotional state to a degree, how you choose to look at things and what kind of activities you, you choose to engage in. So I do laughing yoga. I, I have a program we did a, on laughing yoga that I can also put the link in the comment section. And so the, the research is showing that when you are laughing, it produces a certain chemical in the brain called endorphin. And endorphin is a pain relieving drug. It's kind of your brain's morphine. It kind of decreases the pain and makes you feel happier. So even when you are feeling depressed, sometimes you're so depressed that you can't laugh. And so you don't have to force. But there are other times where you're not that depressed and you can laugh or you can seek to do something like laughing therapy, a laughing yoga. I actually recommend my patients to get joke books or read the jokes online. And their homework is to read as many jokes as they need to, to tell at least one joke to somebody else. And so the benefit of telling joke is that, you know, the person who's telling the joke is laughing the most. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes, you know, you read the jokes and they don't make sense. And then one joke makes you really laugh. And then you're trying to tell, you know, when I'm trying to tell a joke, I laugh so much that the other person can't understand half of my joke. <laughs> but it makes me laugh. And when I'm laughing, then you can't be laughing and crying at the same time. And so it kind of increases that endorphin and that helps you uplift your mood. So like you said, that the emotions are not supposed to be static. They come and go. So it kind of helps you uplift the mood. And at the same time, you don't have to force yourself. So like there's a masking. You know, some people, they feel depressed, but they just laugh outside to show to other people that they're laughing. And then there's an intentional laughing. So I'm not talking about masking and laughing. You want to be aware of your emotions. You want to acknowledge them, but then you are doing an intentional laughing to shift that mood, intentional. So on that note, let's uh, end the program for today. Thank you for joining us. Please remember that every day is an opportunity for you to make a new change and improvement in your life live each day better than yesterday. On that note, thank you and see you next time.